Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Marla Martinson, author, tarot reader, matchmaker, transformational life coach, and Gemini. I do it all. So I hope everyone's having an amazing fall. I am up here in Seattle enjoying the fall leaves, the beautiful colors. It's been raining every single day. Uh, it's just so magical, so green. Ah, I hope that you're enjoying wherever you are, whether it's rain or shine. We've just got to enjoy every moment. So I have a really magical topic and guest today for you, but I just wanted to share some wisdom from Louise Hay's Heart Thoughts, A Treasury of Inner Wisdom. And this is what I picked out for us today. Know and affirm that you are one with the infinite power and therefore your way is made easy, smooth, and complete. This day is one of completion. Each moment of your life is perfect, whole, and complete. With God, nothing is ever unfinished. You are one with infinite power, infinite wisdom, infinite action, and infinite oneness. You wake up with a sense of fulfillment, knowing that you shall complete all that you undertake today. Each breath is full and comes to completion. Each scene you see is complete in itself. Each word you speak is full and complete. Each task you undertake or each portion of that task is completed to your satisfaction. You do not struggle alone in the wilderness of life. You release all belief in struggle and resistance. You accept assistance from your many unseen friends who are always ready to lead you and guide you as you allow them to help. Everything in your life falls into place easily and effortlessly. Calls are completed on time. Letters are received and answered. Projects come to fruition. Others cooperate. Everything is on time and in perfect divine order. All is complete and you feel good. This is a day of completion. Declare that it is so. Yes. All right. So we're going to dig into communication from the other side. My special guest is author Joe McQuillan. Joe's life was turned inside out when he received a call that his son Christopher, along with three of his friends, were missing. They had been at a friend's lake house celebrating the end of Christmas break from college. Sometime during the evening of revelry, the four young men jumped into a canoe, paddled out onto the icy lake, capsized, and drowned. Christopher's body was recovered first, the others over the next several dark days. Thus began Joe's journey through grief, awakening, discovery, and acceptance as he, through mediums, research, and eventually direct communication, navigated his personal bridge to the other side. And Joe has written two books, and his latest is We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side. Um, And I'm going to bring him on right now, and he's going to share some wisdom and what's been going on with him and his communication. Hello, Joe. Hi, Marla. How are you? Thanks for having me on. 
Yeah, great to have you again. I had you a couple of years ago on my YouTube show, and we had a lot of fun um, talking. You did right after and the first great. book came out, yeah? Yes, yes. So here we are um, with the second, more messages and more unfolding. For, you know, people, most of my uh, listeners on the podcast, probably a lot of them are not familiar with the story, so I kind of, you know, explained what happened. But tell tell us um, a little, you know, your story. Uh, sure. In, you know, sure. Yeah, share with everybody. Yeah, yeah so the story began... Um, uh, Christmas of 2015 and in the New Year's 2016, uh, my son was 21 years old and, and at school, and all the friends, all of his buddies, came home for uh, you know a Christmas break and and we had a, an amazing Christmas, uh, you know, just one one for the books. It was just amazing and uh, and they had all gone out and he was a he he, he was a handful, you know, like like his old man. You know, I'm 36 years sober, so I was pretty <laughs> wild in my youth, you know. And you know, we were yeah. just delighted. They all made it through unscathed and, and New Year's and uh, so the last weekend uh, they decided to go up to uh, one of their friends' parents had a lake house in Lake Beulah. I live on the north shore of Chicago, so about an hour and a half straight north um, in Wisconsin. And uh, there was a dozen of them. You know, and they uh, went to a local tavern, guys and gals, you know, from New Trier High School. Mm-hmm. And, and they all, uh, you know, shot pool, drank, and kicked up their heels a little bit and and decided, you know, leave there and finish the finished the party back at the lake house, and, and it went on to the wee hours. And and about 3 a.m., uh, my boy and uh, <clears throat> three of his friends, as, as you recounted, you know, went outside and saw a boathouse, and uh, as would any 21-year-old knucklehead like m- myself included, you know, went in, checked it out, and uh, four boys jumped in a three-man canoe with layered clothing and uh, untied Timberland boots and, and a snoot full of alcohol and paddled out on a partially frozen lake in January 3rd, and uh, none of them made it back. You know, I uh, I got a mm. text from the young man whose parents owned the house who said around 11 in the morning and said, Mr. McHugh, uh, Chris and three of his friends are missing. So uh, we, I was waiting for Chris to come home. I grew up in Buffalo and we're big Buffalo Bills fans. And he, his little brother, myself, were going to watch the game. And and so I jumped, uh, grabbed some boots and grabbed my Labrador and jumped in my Jeep and headed up north. And, and about halfway up, I got a phone call from uh, – um, the uncle who lived a couple doors down who said it's no longer a search but a recovery at all four drowned. Mm. Now, you know, Marla, I, I actually ex- expected to drive up there and find him in a in a boathouse or with a co-ed or, or with some other guys yeah. in a different house kicking up their heels and finishing up the day and and, and sleeping mm. it off or whatever. So, so uh, you know, everything just kind of went blank at that point. You know, I had to finish the drive and and uh, probably in shock, you know, to this moment, oh, I can envision absolutely. walking in yeah. the front door, looking through the, uh, looking through the, the, the picture window down to the lake where there was emergency boats and flashing lights. And, you know, there was a group of kids mm. on the right and a group crying and parents on the left crying. And, and I had to start facing the reality that, you know, my son left this world, you know, um, in Wisconsin, you can't identify the body. They make you identify. The, and he was one of the first, he was the first of the four found in, 
God bless his friend Patrick. His body wasn't found for a few more days, and his his dad was a uh, you know lonely on the on the shore every day waiting for him to find his boy. And Patrick was a friend. Oh. And I'd made those guys lunch the day that they were heading up there. You know, I'd made them some lunch, and yeah. and uh, you know, so you know, I, I grew up and 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 you know, I figured now what. You know, literally, which was almost the the title for the second book. Now what? And uh, you know, and what about your wife? Before, did she wait at home? Or, or I, yeah, you know, she, when that happened, did son, she, Will, she waited? Yeah, she was at home. William, in the second book, I, I, I with his permission, published a uh, a paper that he had written at Boulder called "The First Are the mm-hmm. Worst," and talk about when I made the call, how he heard. <laughs> bellow from his mom that he had never heard before mm. and he talked about he had right. never seen me cry before you know and uh, I've made up for it since then that's for sure crying you know <laughs> you know so I needed yeah. to figure out what was going on right if if there was a place now 16 years before I had had an encounter with a medium I decided to just check something out and I, you know I think later on it was because it was meant to be but and most of the reading was kind of mundane. It wasn't, you know, there, I wasn't, there was no sense of urgency back. Parents mm-hmm. had died, some right. siblings, but it was relatively normal. So, but she looked, she had said to me as we were closing, she said, by the way, your dad's here. And he's holding a caboose and he's telling you railroad. Now this was like in 2001 and uh, before mm-hmm. Google searches or but my dad was just a regular guy, you know, raised 10 kids on a railroad or sale. He worked, worked as, I love my old man. And, and he was a railroader for 40 years. My uncle, grandfather, railroader, every boy, there were five of us in the family. We all worked on the railroad during school. And so we were a railroad family. So when he said that, you know, it's, it struck a chord that said, okay, you know, the old man didn't send me, you know, the, the lottery numbers or the secrets of the universe. He just let me know he was there. And I just put it in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a mental uh, file cabinet. And here it is 16 years later. I reached into that file cabinet and said, if my old man is somewhere and Chris left this world, he's got to be with him. And that started my mm-hmm. search because I just had to figure out how to connect. And that began the search. Yeah. Okay. And so then you wanted to connect. So did you, was your search, did you go to a medium again? Didn't you go to Andrew I Anderson? Joined. I did not, but I will get to that because I love Andrew. And, okay. Uh, and, okay. That was very specific. The first, in fact, I, okay. I was at Andrew's last week and we had dinner and he did a 30 minute meeting and there was a spirit circle. He wanted me to attend because two people came in that needed a, uh, a little boost from Chris, which they both got. So I, had, uh, I this yeah. woman's name is Nancy Myers. She's a good gal. She had moved to Surprise, uh-huh. Arizona. And I actually. Two years ago, uh, I was out there for my put my my son was working for my buddy at spring training baseball, and so I went out there and and, and had a had had lunch with Nancine, and it was wonderful. And uh, so I called Nancine, and uh, she connected immediately with Chris, even though it was just a day after he had crossed, and mm-hmm. she had told me things that I wouldn't know until I read the police report how accurate it was, you know, about how he yeah. died and about the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I called her again, and we connected. And, and it was at this point that I said, I need another level. I want to look into the eyes of a medium who's looking at my son, you know, somebody who's clairvoyant, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and, and not on the phone. So uh, Bob Olson wrote a great book 
great book. Look up his book, and and, and I loved it because he's a guy's guy who who tried to figure out the same things I was trying to figure out. So it turns mm-hmm. out that I looked on a website, and Andrew Anderson's it was his website. I didn't even know that, right? Even though I had read his book, and and it described mm-hmm. Andrew, and Andrew's about half hour away from my house, and and I figured, mm-hmm. all right, you know, I'll I'll make an appointment, and and if I get a sign that this isn't for me, I'll just cancel it, you know. And, uh, and you know, flashback a little bit is uh, he was buried January 8th of 2016 and, 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 you know, north of Chicago. And it was the ground was hard and snowy and cold. And, and, and when the ground, you know, months later, he was buried next to another couple. Even though we bought three, uh, my wife and I bought uh, three grave sites and my buddy Christopher's godmother bought three. So. You know, when she asked me where should I put them, it was a little tree. I thought that would be nice, you know. And uh, but she didn't tell me she was putting them right next to another couple. So when the snow melted, it looked like he was their kid, and uh, that wouldn't do. You know, after a little yeah, arm wrestling yeah. and 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 raising a little hell and writing a check, you know, I moved them over one plot, and I'm going to occupy the plot yeah. he was in. So the day I was going to go see Andrew. Um, I had ordered some shamrock seeds from Amazon. So I figured I'd go there in the morning. The ground was loose around his grave. This was June 30th, 2000 and, uh, and, and, and six, you know, uh, or 2016. So about six months after Chris transitioned. So I did two things. I grabbed mm-hmm. those and I stopped at my uh, dresser and pulled out a leather bracelet that I'm wearing to this moment. <laughs> and it said dad on it. And it had a picture of Goofy on the on it, and uh, he had given it to me when we were at Disney World, and when he was six. Mm. And I wore it, you know, that that weekend we were at Disney World, and then put it in my dresser. That's the first time I looked at it or touched it. I put it on, went and saw Andrew. Um, stopped at the grave, planted shamrock seeds in the loose dirt, and the shamrocks still come through to this day in the spring. And uh, went to Andrew's. He walked in, and uh, after a little back and forth, he said, "You know, Chris is here." He said, but the whole family was together last night to, uh, to, to celebrate something. What was that? And I said, well, that was Sally and my wedding anniversary, 25th at the time, which you don't celebrate mm-hmm. very much after you've lost a kid six months prior. But, but that was the day. He said, your family on the other side got together and did celebrate it. He said, and Chris acknowledges that um, you stopped at his grave and planted something today. And he said, Chris acknowledges you were in the bracelet he gave you. Now, that was under a cuff. It wasn't on display. You know, yeah. I wasn't even thinking yeah. about it. So that was the moment, Marla, that I went from believing. I believed Chris was on the other side. I believed Chris was yeah. my dad. That was the moment I went well, from Aunt, believing to Well, let me inject something knowing. here. I, I want to just in, inject something because you're saying, you know, Andrew thought that you were wearing that bracelet and he couldn't see it when I had my first reading with Andrew was over the phone maybe three years ago and he said oh he says uh he was connecting with my dad on the other side and he says you wear your dad's ring and I said and he says that's unusual I said yes I do and I was where I was I had been wearing my dad's ring so yeah it's, it's so interesting he catches it you is. know it's but that, the significance yeah. of all of that was that yeah. I went from believing to knowing it was a knowing at that point right and I never looked yeah. back. You know, I I wanted to access. I wanted to keep learning. Um, I wanted to keep figuring this thing out. Uh, I went to a bunch of mediums. I went to a bunch of spirit circles. I went and every time a like uh, you know like 
you know, a, a medium would be in in area. I would I would go in there. Sally and I often together, um, and Chris kept coming mm-hmm. through that first year, which was crazy. Um, Thomas Jackson yeah. and, and Rebecca Rose. Oh yeah, and, and you know, two hundred people, and she walked up to us and said, "Who had a son at twenty one or twenty two died in a canoe, cold water?" And oh, then she went on to wow. tell us about a song that we do at his golf outing. She went on to tell us about a dog that was in the fraternity house that, that his name was Cooper. Uh, she, she, mm-hmm. so, she said happy birthday to her, to his cousin who we brought with us for, on his birthday. You know, so the hits yeah. just kept coming. And yeah. I kept putting those in I notes and I'd record all these sessions and then write them down and, and put them in uh file cabinets according to dates or you know, file folder. So, And what I assumed, Marla, is that I would be sitting on a porch in a rocking chair, smoking a cigar one day, reviewing these notes just to pe- feel connected to my, my son on the other side. But what he wanted me to write a book to help other people who think that it's over, you know, that, that their kids are gone. And, and, and yeah. so that was the impetus for writing the first book and it was literally a kind of how to for dummies, a blue collar guide to your mm-hmm. kid, you know? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, and I, and on the anniversary of his crossing, um, I actually got the first direct download from him without a medium. And uh, mm. a lot of those. Yeah. How'd that happen? The, yeah. Uh, we got to hear about that. All how did that visits, happen? Yeah. I, I, I kept all those visits in the books, both books and they happened. They continue to this day. Um, as a matter of fact, I had a visit two nights ago, you know, at 3 a.m. So what I started doing was his bedroom is now my office at home. So his spirit really moves freely. So I was I started getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Something would wake me up, and I'd go in the office, and I I started accumulating information from people like Andrew and 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 from Ben Weigel and Thomas Jenner. And, and I would pull out a picture of, of him or, or a couple and I'd light candles and, and sage and uh, I'd, I'd play uh, a guided meditation on my phone and I'd have crystals around. Now, if you saw me, if you see the copy of the book, you know, I have a brush cut and a broken nose. I don't look like a guy that would. You, know, <laughs> you don't look like a woo-woo. <laughs> I sure don't. You know, I look like a guy who lights sage to try to connect with his son on the other side. But dang, if I didn't. Yeah. So on the anniversary of his crossing, um, I did my meditation and, and, and the chakra chart, which was huge. Andrew has a really, really good chakra chart, and it's and it's huge. And and I do that, and I follow all the routine and rules that seem to help. You know, I'd like to get. You know, remember, I spent 30 years in the car business. I'm a mortgage broker now, but I spent 30 years in the car business, so I'm not exactly a naive guy, right? Two things yeah. I am impervious to is bullying and being hustled. You know, so um, right. So you know, I, I you know I knew what was happening was real. And on the first anniversary, you know, he came to me, and, and I just got a download, and I started getting messages in my head, and I just started. There was a legal pad, and actually a a big velocity pen that I had gotten at a spirit, spirit circle at Andrews. So now all I order is big velocity pens because it worked once, you know. And and right. the first message he said, he came through and he said, Dad, it's like a beach. It's beautiful, pink, warm, but the colors are soft mm. and vibrant pink, blues, and strong green. The air is warm. It surrounds us. It's air and love. It's love air. Nothing hurts, Dad. Mm -hmm. Warm and happy. Always young. Miss you, but I'll see you soon Mm -hmm. enough. Uh, 
Yeah. You don't, you know I'm here and you know you can feel me. Um, you know, that was the first visit. And then he said to me, you got to let go of this resentment you have for Scotty. He said, I loved him. He was a good friend. And Scotty's parents uh-huh. had owned the house. So, uh, you know, I was, I, I didn't mean to, but I was resentful. Why? I don't know. It could have been at my house. It could have been anywhere, but it was at their right. house. And I was, I was holding on to this resentment. So I said to him, sure, Chris, you know, I'll let go of it. You know, besides, when I'll ever see Scotty again. You know, so that's, that's fine. So I'm getting these amazing downloads. But one of the reasons I knew that wasn't me just trying to soothe my grief, Marla, was that I wasn't ready yeah. to let go of that resentment, you know? So it was uncharacteristic of me at that time, go of something like that. So, you know, the visit ended. I was kind of amazed, sat there in kind of amazement. And, uh, you know, the, that was the morning of his anniversary. So it was January 3rd, 2017 at 3 a.m. Sally and I were going to mm-hmm. go to his grave. And by the way, you know, I usually do these interviews in my office, but I went downtown and then drove to the cemetery. And I'm looking at his grave. It was just stopped snowing. I'm looking at his, uh, you know, his grave and a mark we have behind and a piece of art, which shows a coyote howling at a moon. And, and, uh, and I believe that's his right now. Animal. You're there right, oh, you're yeah. there right now. Yeah. Right oh, now. beautiful. I'm sure Christopher's with us places. now, too. Oh, yeah. I can feel him on the back of my neck. I feel a tingle whenever he's around. Oh. So I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, I just got so, shivers, you know, too. I just got tingles. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, there's a circular driveway at All Saints Cemetery. It's fabulous. Uh, 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 Holy Family Cemetery. It's a fabulous cemetery. It's open 24 hours. And I come here sometimes at night, mornings, whatever. And I come here a lot. And yeah. And, and it's okay because it's a thin place. I know he doesn't live here. You know, I know he's, but yeah. I, but but, yeah. but it's a good place for us to connect. So that first yeah. um, anniversary, I get a text around three o'clock in the afternoon. Shelly and I were going to come, light a Chinese, launch a Chinese lantern at, at, at dusk. You know, and and and, yeah. and and just think of our child. But at three o'clock, I get a text from some of his college buddies, his fraternity buddies. Said, Mr. McHugh, a few of us are going to meet at the grave. Around three, so you know, of course, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I grabbed the hockey cooler, threw some ice in it, you know, for some beer and Gatorade, and brought a box of cigars. Figured there'd be a handful of guys we could just hang out and acknowledge their friends, and and mm-hmm. and they had visited the grave, you know, during the previous year, and we've met there a few times. And these kids are like family to me. So I pull in the, the driveway of the, of the cemetery, and and. The entire thing was full. And I wondered, wow, is there, is there, are they interning somebody? Is somebody getting buried today? And then I look at Christopher's grave, and there was 40, 40 kids at his grave. Oh. Impromptu. Just wow. put out the word. And and I was yeah. my heart sang. Uh, and I got out of the car, walked up to the group, and who was the first kid I see was Scott. So my oh. loving son was preparing me wow. for this engagement where I could embrace him and tell him I loved him. And of course it wasn't his fault. You know, and I know that yeah. he's wrecked with guilt to this day. You know, I wish he could let go of it, but um, I know that it wasn't, it wasn't his fault. It's just the way sometimes the dice roll, you know? Um, yeah. So that was the first anniversary. And, and I continue to get visits from him, you know, which I catalog in each book. And uh, I continue to get messages. And those are downloads. When I'll go to a medium session, I'll, I'll have a list of, of questions I'll ask. 
But in those sessions, they're just downloads. He's just giving me info, you know. He tells me what mm-hmm. heaven's like. He tells me what it's going to be like when I cross. He talks about people that are mm-hmm. over there in the family. He talks about my sister mm-hmm. who transitioned uh, 2000, uh, February uh, 6th of 2019. You know, he tells me he's going to be there for her. You know, so I get these amazing insights into what the other world is like and what I'm supposed to do on this side, you know. And, and I have come to the conclusion that the reason I write these books is because he wants me to. And the reason I write these books is you got to give it away to keep it. I get this amazing gift, but I've got to share it. I can't hoard it like King Midas, you know? Yeah, and I have a question. Uh, so now when you're – so for me, like when I'm – I do some channeling and I can do automatic writing, so I'm writing it as I'm hearing it and I put my mind on the side and then it's like a stream of consciousness – do you have to be writing while you're getting these or can you just sit there like in meditation and you just hear this stream of consciousness coming from him, all this information? How is that? I think people who haven't experienced this are going to wonder, well, how is it? Is it are you hearing a voice in your head? Are you hearing it yeah. outside? Is it just impressions? And how did, did you ever think, is that just my, me? Am I, is it really him? So, yeah, describe it a little. You know, it, yeah. Anybody who anybody who does it initially doubt it, you know, they're yeah. gonna lock up. <laughs> you know, so of course and and, yeah. and what it is is I do a guided meditation. There's some wonderful ones. One of my favorites is, is guided meditation by the medium Kareen, K R E E N. And 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 she had I stumbled on her and then actually then I did a reading with her last March and I just did an interview with her a couple weeks ago. But it's a wonderful guided meditation. It really touches my soul. So I would listen to these various guided meditations. I'd kind of randomly pick up. Some are great. Some are okay, you know. Um, and at first, it was as soon as I was done with the, the the meditation, I would get downloads in my head. And I would, it's like somebody's dictating, you know, and I start writing it down as it comes. And, and yeah. I continue to write until he says to me, going back, Dad, or you know, we're done, you know, or, you know, talk to you later. You know, I mean, he lets me know when the session is over, uh-huh. you know, so uh-huh. I blow out the, at that point, I sit there for a couple seconds still and wonder, you know, he, there's been a number yeah. of things that he said that, A, I've showed this to Thomas Johns, Andrew Anderson, and, and said to these guys, you know, who I respect the heck out of, is this Chris or is this me early on? And both of them said, oh, no, yeah. that's Chris coming through to you. You know, he's, you need to keep accurate uh, accounts of everything he's telling you, and you need to share it. Um, you know, one mm-hmm. thing he said to me is to talk about relationships. He said relationships shouldn't be so hard. They should be like yours and mom. They should be like a canoe cutting through water. Now, my son died yeah. in a canoe. I would never use a canoe as an analogy, right? And another right. time he right. said to me, he said to me, while he said, you know, I know this scares you getting this close to the other side. And he was wrong. It doesn't scare me at all. So the fact that he was wrong was affirming yeah. to me. Because I'm writing down what he's saying, not what I believe. Yeah. You know, he said to me, you are, you, you're my rock, Dad. You always have been. And he said, I know it's embarrassing. Just write it down. <laughs> you, know, so, so, you know, at first there was a little question, a little doubt, a little concern. And then mm-hmm. that all just went away, you know, went away with the mm-hmm. answers and the questions. And, you know, he said to me when my sister crossed over, and this isn't even in the second book because it, it, she transitioned in 19 in the second book 
ended January 3rd night. But she had had cancer for about four years on this side. And she was a huge source of love for both me and Chris. She was Christopher's godmother. She was almost like another mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was 16 or 15 years older than me. And I just adored her. She loved me even when I wasn't lovable, you know. And uh, yeah. she was a big source of love for me. And, and Christopher had said, you know, Dad, the minute Marsha crosses, I'll be there. You know, I promise. And then before she, I was there the week before she transitioned. I was on Florida visiting and we were in hospice together, her and I. And she said, honey, you gave me the greatest gift. I read your book, and I'm not afraid to die. You know, it, mm-hmm. you know, I just started crying because I finally was able to give somebody that gave me so much something of value, mm-hmm. you know. And, right. uh, and you know, when, when she did transition, Chris said to me, Dad, I told you we'd be there. I was there, Jerry, Billy, Bobby, Marsha, yeah. Pat, which are all her siblings, my siblings on the other side. And mm-hmm. she said, and she crossed, but then she had to go somewhere like a spa. And when she came yeah. back, she was younger than even when I was a kid. So, you know, I'm not smart enough to, to originate this thought, but what I figured out was she died of cancer. And of course the cancer stayed with her body here, but the trauma crossed with her when she crossed. So she had to go somewhere. What a gentle, loving thing to call it, like a spa, so that she could mm-hmm. shed that trauma and rejoin the soul family. And they're together all the time. Mm. They come through all the time. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's the reality of it. You know, that's it's. And this isn't my belief, Marla. This is this is what I know. Yeah, and I love it because you're. You know, you said you're this. You know, Midwest guy. All you know, a, just a guy's guy. Even who better. I'm a, I'm a blue collar guy from Buffalo, New York, a, man. Yeah, blue collar guy who wouldn't normally believe in this woo woo stuff, and now so it's. No, because it's hard. Some people that I talk to or friends or family, it's like they it's hard to wrap their mind around that this could be happening. And when I when so when I do started doing readings for people and I was channeling my guide, Thomas, and I do the automatic writing and I would think, is it really is it me? Is it my so I would ask for feedback and there was details and, and specifics that they said, oh, my gosh, that's your spot on. Yes. I mean, things that. And so that's how I uh, reconciled to know that it wasn't me making it up in my head, that it was really uh, coming through messages because I got the feedback on that, which was good. Um, exactly. Now, do you ever you know, bring – yeah, do you – oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you ever do readings for people now or any – you oh, know, God, does no. Christopher not, come through to give uh, – See, that's a great question. No. Uh, no, I'm not a medium. I don't want to be a medium. I want to connect with my kid. You know, I might be an empath, right, right. and I'm told I'm an empath, and, and I've been labeled a medium, but it, it's not. I don't want to see somebody else's grandfather or cousin. It's not my style, you know. Um, okay, I'm doing this because I want to connect with Chris, and I want to help heal or, or at least give some comfort to parents to, to let them know that their kids are accessible, you know. Um, so, But yeah. I will tell you – Funny you should mention that. At Andrews a couple of weeks ago, he said, you know, I'd like to come up with Spirit Circle. And I don't love Spirit Circles. I like one-on-ones, right? But but okay. for Andrew, I'll do it, you know, when it's important. And so he, it turns mm-hmm. out we got there. I brought out some some barbecue uh, pork chops from this restaurant that I like. And, 
and we we all we went there and or I went there and and and, and we sat and he and Leah and, and I and had dinner and then he and I had a half hour reading, and he said in the reading, "You going you you going to Buffalo? You going to a Bills game?" I said, yeah. He said, yeah, Chris says you're going to a Bills game. <laughs> and the bottom line is, oh. I'm going to a Bills game on the 21st. I'll be 26 McQuillan's going to a Bills game. And he said, you going to Italy? Yeah. I said, no, I'm not. But Caroline and Sally are, and they were just at the house making all the plants. You know, they're going next uh-huh. August. You know, so, I mean, so yeah. he still comes up with this fresh stuff. And he said, look, I want to yeah. be here because there's this guy, John, who lost his son in a car crash. His name and, and I actually saw him. I did Helping Parents Heal a couple nights ago, and, and John was on it. He says, so John was sitting next to me, and, and then a woman, um, you know, was, was on the other side named Chelsea sitting next to me. She lost a husband. So during the meditation, we had talked, Thomas is lovely, or Andrew's lovely. He brought in, you know, because I write about thin places, he had everybody talk about what they consider their thin places. Chelsea said, maybe. One really happy place my husband and I were at was at the mountains of Moor in, in Ireland. And uh, I thought, wow, that's lovely. So we go into a meditation. And Chris came through to me and I wrote down. He said, usually I'm here for you, Dad, but today I'm not. Today I'm here for them. Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. tell John that Max is here. I mean, right here, right now. And he said, tell Chelsea to go to Ireland. And then he wrote mm-hmm. down. Uh, a line from a song from the Saw Doctors that I hadn't thought of in 20 years. And the line was, where the ocean kisses Ireland. And 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 then the name of the song is uh, The Green and Red of Mayo. So I wrote that down. And after we talked, and I said, you know, I told Chelsea what Chris, I told Max, of course, or, or, or John, of course, what Max said, and Chelsea what Chris said. And she looked at me mm-hmm. and said, I'm going home tomorrow. Or tonight, mm-hmm. and I'm making reservations because I have his ashes and I didn't know what to do with them. And I'm going to spread them o- over the ocean from the mountains of Moore, cliffs of Moore. And I thought, way to thank you, Chris. Thanks for that's why I was supposed mm-hmm. to be there. That's what you know, yeah. it wasn't my idea. You know, I just followed the breadcrumbs and, and I was able to give messages to two people who were grieving so, so, so strongly, you know. And, and and I brought him a little comfort, a little peace. I didn't. I was, you know, I was the cell phone, you know, Chris did. Yeah. Uh, and does Chris talk about reincarnation at all? You know what? A couple of times he's talked about that he would have loved to have been a father, that he would have been a good father. You know, and I believe that. Um, you know, and I've had a couple of mediums say that he might come back. Bob Olson, when I first got into this journey, what I really feared most was me transitioning over and him being on the way back, (laughs) like looking on the superhighway, right? And the metaphysical superhighway. And Bob Olson and Jen Weigel said to me, look, it doesn't happen that way. You know, if they're coming, we're talking lifetimes, you're talking years. Mm-hmm. But also Bob Olson said, think of, you know, get his book. And Bob Olson said, think of a body of ocean. And so I'll think of Lake Michigan. She said, we're all, all our souls are connected. And all your soul mm-hmm. is a body of water. Yet the waves coming each of the soul is your spirit. Even though mm-hmm. Chris might come back. The spirit of Chris McQuillan, son of Joseph McQuillan, 
will be there when I cross. Yet another spirit from the same soul might have come here to start another journey, to be a dad, maybe. Um, So I'm I'm very, very uh, calmed and soothed knowing that, you know, I'm not going to miss him. you know, on the path, mm-hmm. on the way. Yeah, so because that, we're there's slice. It's like slices that come down. Like in our body, our soul right. is only a small percentage of the soul that's in the body. It would blow it out. It was too big. Most of our most of our soul is outside the body. It's in the hot, still in the other realm. Is what yeah. I understand. Yeah, that's that big yeah. body. Yeah, so that's why we're connected. You know, he said to me. Yeah, I'm, this was in in ten sixteen eighteen, so October sixteenth and eighteen. He said, mm-hmm. I, "I miss you too, Dad." We will share this place, this incredible place. It'll be like crossing mm-hmm. a shallow stream. You have to cross it yourself, mm-hmm. but I'm right on the other side. So it's just natural yeah. to walk across to me. And then you're in. You'll be in this. Uh, you'll be on the other side, you and me. How's that for awesome? I said, but not today. Mm-hmm. Today is for writing books and, present, and, and presentations. Carry the word, Pop. We're all behind you. You know what I mean? So, the, yeah. you know, I'm, yeah. that's, I had no idea. What it's like to, I would assume maybe he was there, reach over, guide you over. But, you know, he's telling me you got to cross the stream by yourself. You know, you got to take that mm-hmm. final step by yourself. And then the, he's there. And then they're there. And, yeah. And well, I'm I got to tell you. hear about some. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm good with that, right? I, I've got work to do on this side. My kids, yeah. you know, they're not kids. They're young adults. But, you know, they, they still need the old man and. And I have a wonderful relationship with my wife, who's about to publish her first book. She's a therapist. And I, you know, I have people to help and, and messages to carry. But when it, Marla, when it's time to go, when I get the tap on the shoulder that says, you know, it's time, pal, I'm all good. Because I've led this yeah. life beyond my wildest dreams. And I get to cross and spend the next lap around the track with my boy. I'm good. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it does it does uh give that, that peace, it takes the fear out of it. We we and, and and does Christopher say like the other side it's just very, very close. It's almost like a two way mirror. It's just another dimension at higher frequency. You know what he, he, he talks talk about, about energy how a lot. Never but he never talks about how close it is. I mean, basically I think it's mm-hmm. because we both know that it's it's just like the other room. There's an invisible wall that, you know, we can right. glimpse it through. Like, you know, somebody once described it as uh, when you go to a Japanese restaurant and they close those those paper doors. That's how thin it is. That's how near oh, the other yeah, side is. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he talks a lot about vibration and he talks a lot about energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when people say to me, you know, you know, I've tried to reach my sister and... I haven't heard anything in three years. And my first inclination is, what what are you doing to enhance that? What are you doing to raise your energy to allow her to meet right. you in the middle? I mean, my, my belief is this. Through, through, through chakra lining up, through the meditation, through the sage, through all the processes, it gets you, and it's always yeah. at 3 o'clock in the morning or when I meditate it's great. It gets me in a place where my level of consciousness is raised. So he can lower his to connect with me, but you got to do your part. Right. You know, he's, he just can't, you know, kick in the door and say, surprise, your kid's home. You know what I mean? It's, it's you <laughs> right. doing your work. You got to do your job. Yes. And, and it, you know, you can't sit around and whine about it. 
You know, it's not about, you know, golly, I, th- nobody's reached out to me. What have you done? I mean, I'm old enough to remember when the cell phones first came out and you'd have to go, you know, up on somebody's porch or out on a, on a docker to, to get on a hill to get good cell phone connection somewhere if you're in an area that's not, that doesn't have a lot of good cell reception back in the day. And that's what you got to do. You know, what do you got to do to enhance that connection? And do it. You know, and don't whine to me until you yeah. try. You know. Speaking, speaking of energy, so when I, because um, I've been, uh, you know, doing all my part, too, to connect. And, and I, when I got attuned to Reiki, so I went to the master level of Reiki, got many energetic attunements. That's when I was able to open up and get the messages and do the channelings and all of that. And now I'm doing a heavy metal cleanse, a 21-day heavy metal cleanse. I'm on day six cleaning out toxins and everything and so that I can prepare myself to do some energy work with a, with a healer that's going to raise my frequency even more. And so, yeah, you've, we've got to do things to clear the vessel, to get quiet, to raise our frequency. And go yeah. places. The chakras you know, are important. Mm-hmm. They're huge. And what I do, and, and this is just because I've picked up tips along the way, right? You know, it's like mm-hmm. connecting for dummies, right? That's, that's just start with me on the journey is, is that every level of the chakra, I will, I will, you know, I have this chart in front of me, meditate on it, get to the level, I'll breathe mm-hmm. in, hold my breath for seven seconds and exhale, say his name, right? All the way up. And I'll do that because it works, Right. You know, I, I don't know all the rules of the road. You know, uh, remember uh, the, the happy medium, uh, Russo. Uh, she wrote a book called The Happy Medium. She's a, an excellent mm-hmm. uh, medium. And she wrote a book about uh, uh, exit points. And she said that mm-hmm. generally the third exit point is the final, you know, that you kind of run out of hall passes, or at least that's the terminology I mm-hmm. use, you know. And 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 Chris had two near-death experiences. One, he, he was working on a ranch in Arizona, and he was a life coach mm-hmm. there. And he uh, and he uh, uh, Kim Russo. That's what I was talking about. She's got a really nice book called okay. The Happy Medium. And and she it, it, and and he flipped his you know going to the, going to the ranch at six o'clock in the morning, and he over. Terrible roads and and flipped this truck and it was like a tin can. And he walked out with a sprained wrist. And another time, he a couple of years later, he was in this, he was a life coach at the school and and he, you know and they were taking a, a guide was a really well well equipped guide who made the mistake and, and let the kids walk into a a cave up and have a soup high in Indian land and Chris fell down a mine shaft and fell thirty oh. feet and landed on a shelf. And, and the shaft itself was 100 feet. He landed on a shelf, broke his shoulder, broke an arm, broke a foot. You know, it was messed up. He had to get airlifted out. And he talks mm-hmm. about when he was down there. And this was long before my metaphysical journey began. So he healed up, and I met him out in Arizona and stayed at the hospital with him, and it was a, an amazing time. And uh, we really, you know, just it was just two spirits bonding, the twin flame thing at that point. And, and he talked about that. There was a guy there that was all dressed in white and was talking to him. And, and he said, I think that's why I didn't go into shock, you know. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I asked the people, at, you know, at the accident site, they said there was no guy down there. So it was an angel. I just didn't know it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't know enough. I do now. 
you know, and, and I'm learning yeah. more. I mean, I'm still ankle deep in this stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm learning a lot more every, as every day goes on. And I'm, and I'm not going to quit until I cross over. You know, when, when I finished the first book, I was feeling a little sad, a little maudlin. Because, you know, the, the, the book kind of keeps, you know, Chris's spirit right next to me. I mean, every keystroke he's on, every paragraph yeah. he's writing. Yeah. So when, when this happened, you know, when, and, 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 you know, and we were coming to the end of the book, and he said, you know, we're not done yet, Pop. You know, and, and that's, the, that's the title of the second one. And it, I was like, right. that's, that's great. It was like, oh, well, here we go again. You know, I didn't. I didn't mean mm-hmm. to write one book, much less think I was going to write two. And I'm, I'm in the middle, of, you know, I'm starting a third one now, you know. So Chris um, told me we're going to do this until I cross, you know. So um, yeah. I guess that's my path, you know. That's that's what he wants me to do. That's beautiful. And so you're retired from any other kind of work now? Oh, no. I'm an A-type guy, you know. Um uh-huh. I retired from playing hockey a couple of, couple yeah. of years ago, but I played golf all the time. I'm a mortgage broker. I I I work. I love to work. I love to produce. I love uh-huh. if you know. Yeah. I have, here's the thing. There's a there's a there's a quote from a movie called Manchester by the Sea, where a woman lost her children in a in a fire, and she said, "My heart is broken. It'll always be broken. My heart was broken. It'll always be broken." And that's how any of us who lost kids. We'll never heal. Right. You know, people who say, you know, time heals all wounds, haven't lost a kid. We'll never heal. Now, we can live full, and I'll talk for me, I can live a full life, you know, a life beyond my wildest dreams. You know, I do, you know I've been very fortunate in business. I, you know, um, I, I love to give it away to keep it and share what I do with others. And, and, and I work with a wonderful group of people that we're all very close, you know. One guy has been a friend of mine since 85 and said, you know, you know, the only reason I believe any of this is because you said it's true. If it wasn't you, I wouldn't believe mm-hmm. it. But since you're telling me, mm-hmm. I know it's true, you know. So, no, I, I work. Yeah. I'll be 65 in January. I'll, I'll work till they throw dirt on me, you know. But, uh, you know, my daughter <laughs> works with me. She's in the business. My son's in Boulder. Um, I work. Yeah. I love to write, you know. So my day starts usually early and, and and I love all the stuff with the second book now and all the PR stuff and, and a lot of interviews right. and, and visits. And, and, and that's just my path. So, you know, I'm one of these guys that if it's, if it's a, a three-day weekend that I can't golf, you know, I'm driving everybody crazy because I just like to keep moving. So um, mm-hmm. if I didn't have a book to read, I'd be driving, right to, I'd be driving people crazy. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll work and write until I, until, I, until I drop, hopefully on a golf course or at my desk. Oh, I love it. And and Andrew Anderson is the one. So for anybody listening, he's a he's a psychic medium who's out of Chicago, and Andrew's the one that told me that I should start uh, giving readings. He said, "Oh, you'd be really good at it, and you should learn the cards." And the, and I was like, "Oh my God, I it's too daunting to learn the tarot cards. There's 78 of them, and how could I do it? I want to, but." No, no, no. He says, just start, just start small and just start. And he told me, you've got to do this. You're going to be good at it. And I, and I, for a year, I didn't, it was in the back of my mind, his words, but I didn't go forward with it. And then I finally said, you know, he told me to do this, that I'd be good. So I better follow right. up on it. And I did. Right. And then, you know, I'm giving, I'm giving readings every day. It's a, it's a, it's a side gig for me that I absolutely love. And that was thanks to Andrew that pushed me for the for those, yeah. uh, and to do those a wonderful yeah. guy and a good friend and a yeah. 
and a darling pal. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I love Edgy. I love everything about the cat, you know, so, uh, I, yeah. know, we, we're yeah. way beyond medium and subject. We're pals, you know, we're friends now. Right. And That's so, uh, you know, he, interestingly, he came to the first book signing I had. And I'm, the only reason I haven't done a second one is because this COVID crap and, and, and my, you know, face, who wants to sit and listen to me with a face mask on, you know? So right. we'll just wait and see when the time is right. But he came to the first one. And, and mm-hmm. you know, Andrew, he's pretty blunt, right? He, you know, he, yeah. um, you know, and he walked up to this, this sweet gal who was in the audience at my book signing. And he said to her, I don't know who you are, but you must be important because I know Joe and I know Chris. And Chris is always right next to his dad during these sessions. And he's been with you mm-hmm. the entire time. Well, that was his mm-hmm. old girlfriend. They've been girl, boyfriend and girlfriend since junior high. Then her family moved to Scottsdale. He moved out to Tucson. They continued the relationship there. You know, the last year mm-hmm. when they were in college, they drifted apart. But I always felt that she brought out the best in my boy. And for Andrew to walk mm-hmm. up out of the blue, and then he did a reading for her that was, she shared with me that I won't share with anybody, but it was so spot on, honest, pure, and lovely. Mm-hmm. You know that. But for him yeah. to walk up and say, "I don't know who you are, <laughs> but you must be important," right? Because Chris has been with you the entire time, you know. And so Chris has told her that he'll pick out her husband. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Uh, Chris is going to play matchmaker. That's what I do. I'm Chris is going to see so you do that. So. Yeah. Yes, oh, that's right. That's cool, Chris. I love it. And maybe Chris, does he visit anybody else? Has anybody else told you like yeah. he comes to visit them yeah. or? Is it, yeah. He's come to her. He comes to. Uh, her, you know, I I I I love her, and he her name is Galley. He comes to Galley. He's come to Mish Park, which was his best friend, who she just got married, and and it, it's a term my wife. I heard my wife use, so I stole it. It's called brutal. So I'm at this wedding mm. a couple of weeks ago in Milwaukee with this guy, you know, and all his college friends were there. We were all at the same table. And they're like family. I see him all the time. We're, we're just connected, you know. And on his birthday, they do a pub crawl in his honor. And this year they didn't because there was no pub crawl because of COVID. So instead they did a Zoom mm-hmm. crawl and raised $2,000 for a balance ranch, right? And But they, they, mm. they come to – every year I have a celebration on the 3rd. You know, and these guys started it, right? And so we come to the grave at 3.30. I have a table with, you know, cocoa and, and, and hot cocoa and, and, and maybe a little little something to warm the soul up and some cigars. And we hang out here for an hour, then, hour, then we go back to my house and have a celebration of Chris. And, and, and it's cold, you know. So last year with COVID, you know, I had tents put up in heaters so we could all do it outside safe, you know. Uh, I have a golf outing every year, a charity golf outing they all show up. I mean, these kids are family to me. And you know what? And it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing because it's, it, you know, I, I, I certainly, it, it's a bad trade here. There's, there's a great book called the, Sh- the, the shack that I had read long before Chris had crossed over and it turned into a pretty mm-hmm. good movie. And, and the woman who was playing gods talked to this guy who lost his daughter in a horrible way. And, and and God said, just because I work incredible good out of unspeakable tragedies doesn't mean I orchestrate the tragedies, you know. So these kids yeah. that 
we would have seen and occasionally visiting the frat house or a cookout or whatever are part of our lives. They've adopted my son, William, who's 22 and in college is one of theirs. They go hiking every, every, every summer. William joins the crew. They're part of, they come to the house a number of times. They, we have the celebration in January. We have the golf outing in September. And there, so none of that would have happened, you know? So he's come to a number of them too. And they've written to me and, and that's, you know, the messages are loving and pure and funny, but that's between them. You know, those are private messages. But yeah, Chris is a pretty powerful spirit, and he and he comes to uh, he comes to people and and lets them know that he's around. Mhm. Oh, beautiful. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. It's been delightful and. Everybody, his book is We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side. And where I've got it linked, your, um, it's linked up at back at Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes, but just tell everybody where they can find your book. They can find both you. books. At Amazon, Amazon is, it carries both books, and I, I have a website. It's joemcquillan.net. A um, little bit of information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you send me this link, we'll publish it there and, and, uh, yeah. and and my email my email is jbmcquillan at gmail dot com. You lost a kid, you, you want to know something, you need a little boost, whatever. Email me and and and, and, and McQuillan, there's nothing more Yeah, M C Q U I L L E N M C Q U I L L E N for J B McQuillan at Gmail. Is that the at Gmail, okay. At Jamie McQuillan at Gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. All right. Well, thank you, and thanks, everybody, for um, joining us, and uh, have a blessed day. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Thanks, Marla. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you love this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. For more inspiration and to stay connected, find me on Instagram at the Mystical Matchmaker, or my website, marlamartinson.com. Much, much love and hope you have a mystical, magical day.